0: Welcome to today's episode of Women in Wellness, where we will be speaking to our guest, Anne Kituku who is the Director of the UNAIDS Regional Support Team for Eastern and Southern Africa. Can I come in and hear when you talk about networks, because you spoke about the localised conversation versus, you know, the outer larger scale movement. And I think for me, because, you know, we have a relationship about this conversation and about this work is when it is localised, when it is in the home, because a girl, child, a woman, Mm. they come from a home, they wake Mm. up somewhere, if it isn't on the street, from a place to go out into the world. So it's essentially the work begins in the home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are well aware that the nature of family is,
1: mm.
0: is not what we could call what it has been defined or should be. And, you know, we, you know, the privilege of being able to say we come from environments where we are, we come from families that are, are, are quite together, have the strong, stronger bonds of community. Um, I jokingly speak to, and probably more seriously say the anti-networks, mm. the those relationships that actually give us a sense of community at a localized level in a home level i want to maybe introduce here time because everything is urgent it's now as you've said it all needs to happen now how do we use the 24 hours in a day what what is that i, I keep wanting to come back into the tools because i think Focusing on tools means we need to do something, you know, mm. because we've had this conversation for years. This conversation is being had across podcasts, in newsrooms, in schools, in universities. What do, we, what do we do in the Auntie Network? Now that we've had this conversation, what do we do with this information? Do we come together as cousins? Do we come together intergenerationally mm. as mothers and aunts and say, once a month in our family, we will yes. do this and we yeah. will talk about this? Because we are moving into a time where, we everyone's getting married they're having children and this is going to continue to happen generation after generation
2: what are we doing with the time well yeah that's as practical as you can get i mean i like that question because you know it, so many of us of our generation have failed you and we failed you because we are also stuck with the story of patriarchy that we grew up in and
1: we have not known How to speak to you. Um, And and I think the challenge from you to have these conversations is actually probably the most important challenge
2: and most useful challenge that you can put on the table because it will force us to have conversations and stop hiding behind, you know, (laughs) the biggest thing about marriage is how so many of us have conspired with the lie
1: of the joy of family and marriage. Um, And rather than speaking the truth of the techniques and tactics of doing the long hard
2: journey of lifelong commitment and marriage and family yeah which starts in one place and you confront confront this patriarchy the whole time Mm. and you're having to continuously pull and push and discuss what can i take and what can i not take but Mm. i was watching last night um the principles of pleasure I decided to watch it.
0: I would like to start watching it. I started watching I'd it. I'd like last to start night. watching it. And
2: I was thinking, <laughs> I was, you know, I was doing my hair and I, and I passed it and I thought, what are they discussing? <laughs> and I thought, I'm gonna listen. So I listened in and I sent it, you know, I thought to myself, oh, we need to have this conversation with our children. Yes.
1: Because even to that, yeah. to the very essence of our sexuality, you know.
2: I was lucky that my mother kind of wasn't shy to talk about stuff. Yes. But she wouldn't raise it. So I would raise it to her and then she would respond. Um, as we got older, she started to joke about it all the time. She was always talking about it and she would openly say, you know, don't do this or do that so that it can, you know, yes. da, 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 you know set it up. You know, yes. she was kind of giving me tips. Yes, yes. So I think today, if we can have these conversations and establish that as a, a, a real tool <laughs> that will that will actually share from both ends. Because I have to tell you, Ntabi, I have learned so much from you guys, so much that I didn't know. Because from the top, from my parents coming down to me, if I think of what my parents were teaching me, there was an assumption that if you tell your child to take to do this as I have instructed. That it will be done. That it not know that 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 means that they will have a successful life. So so dictate what you should do with your life. Dictate how you should go to school, where you should go to school, what you should study. This is how we were brought up. And when we've tried to do that with you, you have come back to us and said, but think about it. Did it really work for you? Mm. And in truth, it didn't. Mm. And if you ask almost any of us, whether we set out our lives to do, um, whether what we studied is what we are doing now, very few of us are anywhere close to it. Yes. Right? Um, But also, let's speak about
1: mental health and wellness. Absolutely. I mean, for us, if you came home saying, "I don't feel so well," you
2: had to have a stomachache, yes, physically. You know, <laughs> something is. But definitely, to say yeah. that I'm not feeling all right mentally, you
1: would be told, "Go fix it." It was not a conversation to have. Um, and so I have been so just disrupted by you. Just asking us difficult questions that have forced us to go back and relearn. So, we as your mothers are learning from you how to recognize mental health is a real thing, that sexuality is a conversation to have.
2: And you know what it's done? It's made us have those conversations, even amongst ourselves, yes. that we wouldn't have and that we're all experiencing. All of us are experiencing it, but we didn't have the courage to have that conversation because we're not allowed to. Yeah. So it's actually not just one way. It's very much going, you know, for both for our sakes too, that we should not die lonely, pitiful, unfulfilled yes. old women. Because we didn't have the courage to confront our stuff. <laughs> because Nobody so- gave us mm. the permission to. Our mm. parents told us, just walk the straight line. Mm. And this is what we knew. And so when you come, come to us and you raise stuff, we're like, what the hell? Where is that? But it's made us go back and start, okay, let me start looking in the mirror and figuring myself out. You know, and ourselves out. But we are so much stronger because of it. So just imagine how our families could become if we're having these conversations with your generation and your children and their children every single month. I mean, imagine. But also, how could we then start spreading it out to so many broken families? Yes. Yes. This is a country yes. that has 67% single-headed households. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that single-headed households are broken houses by At any all. means.
0: At all, absolutely. But
2: it just means that um, the responsibility is even heavier on a single-headed household. It also means that society's judgment of single-headed households is heavier on yes. them. And in essence, our families are so ripped apart. So there is what we should do at the micro level. And I think just conversations like this, I mean, a monthly conversation would be phenomenal. It would be absolutely phenomenal. They are working on it. And just, oh my goodness, it would be phenomenal. And I think we would cry and laugh and learn and grow and write and film and share. There is so much to put on the table. And I think it would enrich us. I think our families and our marriages would be richer. So that's at the micro level. Mm. But we start thinking about how do we start taking these tactics and techniques to a broader society that is so broken. um, I, I really think the family as a focus has to become a real thing. Yes, absolutely. Like we need to create movements on rebuilding the family absolutely or on on i don't know maybe it's not rebuilding maybe it's building maybe it's the home yeah it's just yeah how do we do home how do we do home better how do we do it without killing one another Mm. and 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 the you know there's so much all in the home and therefore how do we expect 13 and 14 year old girls to have any kind of healthy sexuality or healthy um, mental health or healthy even d- dreams and imagination of, of a future that one can one wants to be a part of. Why not check out? Because checking out is is a much better option than this struggle. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, so I think it is something that we cannot ignore i think we have to talk about it in its real terms and start finding ways to wellness Mm. there is so much unwellness Mm. in families Mm. and it's almost as if it starts inside the family absolutely um and so perhaps if we can begin to build our own
1: it will give us the the strength and the tools to take to other families
2: I come okay. from a, a very large family. My mother's family has 47
1: siblings. She was the first of 47 siblings. And um, each one of them has children.
2: So you can imagine how many cousins.
1: Big, <laughs> big. So we have rich.:
2: So we have cousins' family <laughs> who, are, who are in their 60s, and we have um, cousins who are just born. Yes. So the entire range we have of cousins. So um, that is a family that was so torn for a long time because of the complexities of such a large family. You know, social media has been so helpful
1: because Mm. we've created a WhatsApp
2: group where we're hundreds of us in this WhatsApp group. But we have structures and systems of how to organize our family. And we now do. That's wonderful. And And we support one another. I love that. It's unbelievable. Mm. And we have generations. So we've got a structure that the older generation will play a particular role. Yes. And then the younger ones also have given responsibilities and they will play their role. Yes. And there's a leadership team at the younger level. There's a leadership team at the older level. Yes. They work together and they then, you know, spread the work around. And I think that has shown how we can then pass it on, you know. Um, And I think if a family so big like that can set up systems and structures to actually manage. And during COVID, I have to tell you, we raised money to make sure that there was no family that lacked food. Mm. And when a child graduates, we are all in there looking for work to make sure that person finds a job. And it's, you know, and when someone's getting married, we're all in it. And when someone dies, we're also all 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 in it together. We're all in it together. So I think that there are examples of how to do this. Um, But I think there needs to be some very hard conversations about what patriarchy has done in creating systems that make people believe that this is the only way. I mean, female genital mutilation came from patriarchy. Yeah. And women ourselves were Not the ones, ones who people. were yeah. implemented, implementing it, you know. We are the ones in marriages who start commanding the Makoti how she must behave. Mm. And treating, and them, treating terribly them terribly. And treating yeah. them terribly and almost, you know, preparing you for an oppressive life. Yes. And it's we who do that. Mm. We have to change that. Mm. We have to we change that. To because that. that is what has fed into this strong, I mean, not not only that, but I'm just saying some of that, you know, how we have behaved as women, but of course how men too have behaved has then created this system that is just perpetuated. Itself, yeah. So how we begin to disrupt that mm. happens perhaps, you know, one household at a time. Thank you so much
0: for that. I One, I'm very excited, I must say. Mm. Um, I think we've had, This conversation in various ways. And I have been excited before, but this time it it doesn't feel as weighted. It feels like we have, we're springboarding, Mm. right? We're we're now at a place where where we can jump a little bit higher, where we feel a little bit lighter because we realize that there's a lot more clarity, and I think it's it's better. It becomes a little bit more manageable when there's Mm. a lot more clarity about how to organize, how to get to action. Yes. Um, which I think is the muck of the work, which I Mm. think is why we have to start with very important and very difficult conversations. I really Mm. am very happy that we're finally here. So thank you for that. And maybe I, in closing, I'd like to ask three questions. One question, because you've, you've spoken of, um, your mother, Mm. Susu, the most. And so I'd like to ask, what of the many things is the favorite thing? one favourite thing that you would like to, to take and share from her to pass on? Two, what is something you wish she had said? And three, what is on your bucket list that you have not done yet that you would like to do?
2: So, yes. one. Yes, one about my mother. What is,
0: the, what is one favourite thing that you would like to share that you would like to pass on from your mother?
1: Um, I think more than anything, she would always just say to me, it's possible. It's possible. That was by, in every way, whether it was about
2: school or it was about a relationship or it was about, um, uh, you know, just a difficult situation, you know, she would... She would listen as I complained because, of course, she was by far the place that I went to put my head on her on her bosom to say, oh, mommy, it's so hard. This is mm. hard. That's hard. You know, you could be mm. vulnerable. Mm. You know, the sweetness of a mother is that she gives you permission to be vulnerable, yes. right? <laughs> Unconditional. So yes. I'd be vulnerable to her completely. And she would say, oh, my baby, yeah, I understand. I understand. And then she would push her shoulders back up, pull up her bosom, and say, there's nothing that you can't do. Mm. There is nothing that is impossible for you. You know, and she said it in her words, but more importantly, she did it. She just did it. I mean, you know, just before she passed away, she had a, an Uber business. She <clears throat> had a shoe business. She wanted to build 21 homes in an estate, you know, at her, at, in her 80s. She had you know, ran a secondhand clothing business where she was buying goods from Canada and the US and, you know, uh, UAE and China and looking for all these different global markets in her 70s. And she was doing all kinds of crazy businesses. Um And we would watch her and support her as best we could. And many times we're like, Mommy, you, you can't do this. And she would say, why? Mm-hmm. Yes, why not? <laughs> why not? She could do anything and she i think for me this is the biggest message you can do anything really nothing is impossible you can do it you want to do it do it get up and just do it it's possible but you know what as you do find your find your 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 tribe to do it with she never did it alone Mm. ever Mm. so she never sort of threw this out on her own. She wanted us to sit together and figure it out together, whether it's with her family or this, with her chamas, or it's with, you know, a network. Um, she had hundreds of networks. It was amazing. So that's the one. From Thank her. you, Sussan. It's possible. Yeah, she, she was amazing. Anyway, just to think about
1: what what I wish she had said. <laughs> I suppose I observed difficulties um, as she as she was working with um, you know trying to educate us and put us through school and
2: she sent us to different countries all over the world. Um, in hindsight, mm. I saw how difficult it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: At that time, I kind of took it for granted.
1: Okay,
2: I. And, and I realized later on in life how hard it had been. Mm. And there are things that I didn't think she needed to, to do so hard. Okay. Had I known. Okay. So I really wish she would have said, this one is hard and can't do this right now. Okay. I think we would have understood. But she never ever wanted to give up or, or hold back or, you know, whatever it is we needed to do, she would find a way even through nearly impossible situations. Okay. Um, so I really wish she had told me about that, and especially that in relation to my father and the fact that he was struggling, you know, that he carried himself all along always like he was doing well, that we didn't understand what those sort of machinations were. And I think, I think that as we build these stronger families, it's so important that you understand as a child what are the real struggles they're going in instead of this facade of it's all going well, you know? So I wish she had kind of exposed that a bit more when we were younger. Okay. Later when she was older, but when we were younger, it would have been good to know. Because I think okay. we would have made some different decisions. Okay. Um, what have I still left to do? I really want to do documentaries. I want to write. I, I, I have so... I've had the privilege, and you know, I know that my bios is 20. It's actually now 30-something years Definitely to change that. Definitely but more. I think about how much exposure and experience I have had in so many countries um, where I have seen islands of hope. I have seen excellence in, in communities that should otherwise be flat down on the ground. But there's somehow a resilience and, a, and a, a drive that you almost can't understand where this came from. And yet decades after decades of doing work in this field of development, we're still, it still feels to me as if we're almost where we were okay. 40, 50 years ago. And I wonder whether the stories, telling more and more of the stories, of what has worked by ourselves and what have been the techniques and the strategies and the methods and the mindsets that have got one person out of a situation to break out of a situation of poverty or violence or whatever and not another one, that could perhaps become models that can help those who are really stuck to rethink how to do this Without it coming from our global development frameworks, okay. even if I've worked in that space for such a long time, it, you know, and, and I do that because I think that it, if if we leave that space for the the, the Western world to control it, mm-hmm. then we have no say and we have no contribution. And so for me, it's it. I found it important, even though it's you know there are issues to be able to be that voice in there from from our beloved continent, to be one of those many voices that is able to keep pushing back and keep trying to create space and more space for us to be able to to um you know to benefit from it. But I just I actually always wanted to be in film and TV. Okay. I wanted to be a broadcast journalist when I was 17.
1: I approached my father about it
2: and I said, oh I want to be on TV. And he said to me, only prostitutes do
1: that. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: So I was like, okay, Okay, clearly. Maybe not that one.
0: (laughs) Maybe not that one.
2: But when I was doing my grad school in the US, my electives were on film. Okay. So at the time it was video production. So you know what that meant is that we're going through videos and we're kind of... And films and actual... And you're you're editing... it was horrible, and I was like, "This is just too much. That's not the side of the business I want to do. I want the stories. I want the storytelling part." So I, I really want to do this. I'm so excited about it. I, I'm still trying to figure out where to begin, but it is. I'm slowly beginning to gather those stories.
1: Okay.
2: And um, I'm, excited.
1: I'm, I'm excited,
0: excited. Excited about it for you. Yep. Yeah. So. I think with that, I will, I'd like to say that this is the beginning of not just conversations. I'm going to make it a point that we hold each other accountable, not just in this conversation, Mm -hmm. but every conversation going forward to act. And the one action that I have taken from this is a monthly or bi monthly commitment to converse in the family gathering to have challenging, vulnerable, open, Conversations, and yes. that is the action I take out of this. And every conversation will have, will hold us to account so that we can act. And I think that is the mm. purpose of these dialogues going forward. And I'd like to say, love, and, and very and big, wow. big thank you to to wow. this, to you, and to this conversation.
2: And with that, let us act. Thank you, thank you, Tabi. I'm so, I love it. I just love you. I love this conversation in this space that you have created and I think um it's a wonderful challenge for us because it's so easy for us to think that we're done um but actually we're at the beginning of a of a whole new season so thank you for keeping us accountable thank you
0: thank you for joining us for this episode of the spiral Allah lifestyle podcast Follow us on all of your favourite social media platforms and visit us on our website www.spiralallo.co.za where you can dive deeper into the conversation around a world change to the focus on preventable diseases and your overall well-being.